if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420. The answer on this Monday, the 27th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Thanks again to Congressman Jim Jordan for joining us. Really great insight and analysis from him, as always, talking about religious freedom, the Supreme Court decision on Friday to uh, uh, that uh, to not allow people, more than 50 people, to gather in a place of worship, even though other institutions are allowed to have them by the hundreds, simply reprehensible. We'll talk more about that coming up at the bottom of the hour with the Alliance Defending Freedom. But I want to get into this now. <clears throat> And I'll come to your phone calls right away. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming to you. 216-901-0945, I want to do this to start the show, or start the hour, rather. If I told you that an African-American Biden supporter wearing a Barack Obama T-shirt did a television interview in support of Joe Biden and expressing his support of former President Obama, was shot dead in the very place he did that television interview, wearing that Obama T-shirt and carrying Joe Biden signs. What do you think the mainstream media would do? What do you think? If a black man wearing an Obama, DNC, Biden shirt, carrying signs, etc., on TV, stumping for his guy Joe Biden, was shot and killed in broad daylight, What do you think the media would do? You think it would still be in our number 75 of continuous coverage of the murder of a black man in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because he was a Biden slash Obama slash Democrat supporter? You think we'd be in our number 75 of continuous coverage? What do you think CNN, what do you think MSNBC, what do you think ABC, NBC, and the rest of them would do? New York Times, do you think there would be people chanting in Milwaukee right now, marching the streets and setting fires, and chanting, say his name, say his name, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, think that would be happening? You're right, it would, 
But because the individual who was shot and killed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in broad daylight was a Donald Trump supporter, a black man carrying vote for Donald Trump signs, a black man who had just done a television interview about why he supports Donald Trump, because that black man was shot and killed in broad broad daylight in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, there are no protesters. Nobody is chanting, say his name. Nobody is chanting that his black life matters. There's no coverage on CNN. Not a word on MSNBC. Zero on the Today Show on NBC. Nothing on ABC News. Nothing in the New York Times. This is when you need to open your eyes and understand that BLM does not mean anybody cares about black lives. If it was about black lives mattering, they would be rioting or at least marching in Milwaukee right now. But this black guy doesn't count. He's a Trump supporter, so you'll hear nothing. Nothing from Major League Baseball. Nothing from LeBron James and the NBA. His black life means nothing to any of them because Black Lives Matter is a political terrorist organization not about black people Burnell Trammell is his name say his name say his name a well-known black supporter of Donald Trump a community fixture known for his publishing company and long conversations on religion and politics often delivered from street corners while holding up pro-Trump and other signs he was shot to death in Milwaukee Trammell, 60, was gunned down on July 23rd, so this would have been Thursday, near the very spot where he gave a video interview a few hours before, explaining why he supports Donald Trump. Milwaukee police are seeking what they describe as unknown suspects. They are investigating this as a possible, quote, political hate crime. You think? Kevin Penvos wrote on Facebook that Trammell was, quote, a man with whom I hardly ever agreed about anything he wrote on his signs. But also as a Rasta street preacher, he was one of the people that make my neighborhood so uniquely wonderful. He's a Rastafarian street preacher, preaching peace and love, preaching peace and love to anybody who would listen. He was also... very, very loud and vocal in his support of Donald Trump, shot and killed after doing a pro-Trump interview. Nobody cares about his life. Nobody's talking about Burnell Trammell. Why is his name not being mentioned along with uh, Ahmaud Arbery? How come his name isn't being mentioned along with George Floyd? How come his name doesn't count? Because he's a Trump supporter? Yes, because he's a Trump supporter. Black Lives Matter as an organization is a fraud. And Major League Baseball to support that fraud by putting it on their outfield walls, on their pitcher's mounds, on NBA floors, flying flags in NFL stadiums, which is coming soon to a stadium near you. It's a fraud. Because you have not heard one person talk about this black life since it happened on Thursday. Probably until me. Let's go to uh, Chester. 
in Cleveland on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Chester. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, Mr. French. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, my call uh, concerns the placard. Uh, about 10 days ago, I received a call on my answering machine from a gentleman by the name of Patrick Wood, who said he was from Citizens for Free Speech. Uh, he thanked me for my donation for the card, uh, for reasons not to wear the mask, but he said he didn't receive my full address to send the card. He gave me a number to call back as soon as possible, but the number didn't come through clearly. One of the digits was missing. I need a number to get back to him, or should I just resubmit my request? No, no, no. Don't even worry about it, Chester. Uh, Patrick Wood is the executive director, and the fact that he called you personally to say we didn't get your full address, we want to get you your card, is just so typical. He's a great guy, a very, very good man, and he definitely wants to get that card to you. Let me put you on hold, Chester. Uh, give your full address to Marcy. Give your full address to Marcy, and I will make sure that we get a card sent out to you right away, okay? All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you for the program. Thank you, Chester. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. So there, yeah. Chester, of course, is talking about the Citizens for Free Speech blue card and lanyard, which I wear everywhere I go. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Especially, beg your pardon. Especially since um, Lorraine County was added to the uh, list of red counties. And then, of course, since the entire state of Ohio went under Governor DeWine's dictatorial mask mandate, I wear it everywhere I go. I don't wear a mask. I wear this card. Fortunately, I haven't even had to discuss the card yet, but I use it and I keep it as a tool that if I need to, I can explain in depth my rights to not have to wear one of those fear masks uh, being pushed by a bunch of liars at uh, the CDC and in the state of Ohio uh, government. Uh, but it's a great tool to have. It doesn't carry the weight of law. It just explains what your rights are under the Americans with Disabilities Act and under HIPAA that you can indeed go without this mask because the mask presents health problems for you and your health condition, and there uh, it is none of their business what that health condition is. It outlines the rights, your rights on the front of the card, and on the back it, uh, it contains the text of the First Amendment, which is indeed uh, being violated by these mask mandates. So these cards are being requested by the thousands ever since they were put online at citizensforfreespeech.org citizensforfreespeech.org you really need to get one it'll cost you a minimal minimal donation just to cover the cost of making the card and sending it to you that's it because we want people wearing the mask or excuse me the card and not wearing the mask your rights matter and this is a great tool to help you defend and stand up for your rights todd is in lakewood you're on am 1420 the answer hi todd go ahead how you doing bob good sir you know over the weekend i was sitting on my front porch sipping a nice irish whiskey listening to some music and my neighbor walks out we start chatting and uh turn political now my neighbor is an aeronautical uh engineer consultant so he's a smart guy and somehow the subject of what was going on in portland came up and he referred to them as protesters and I explained to them that they're not protesters, that they're riders. We were talking about the federal, the federal agents that were uh, arresting people. Yes. And um, he, he and he said they they were just protesters. I said no, they're rioters. And his response to me was, "The only reason I think they're rioters is because I only listen to Fox News." <laughs> That's a typical response. That's what they do. You know, here's the thing, though. You know what? You, you don't, Todd, you don't have to listen to Fox News to, 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 to see the videos. 
I mean, they are everywhere except for on CNN. They are everywhere. You're, you're I mean, right, I mean, and that's how I, I, what I told them was, I own a franchise business, and I don't need to talk to anybody, because I can call my brothers in the franchise business that are in that area, and I can hear firsthand how their storefront windows were broken, and that, that sort of stuff. So uh, I was able to kind of defang his argument that way, and then he just walked away. But well, the, the, you know, the, the real thing but, but here that is... that gets back to Jerry Nadler. See, that gets back to your Jerry Nadler question. Oh, about his mythical uh, comment? Yeah. Yeah, because that's, you, can't, you can't have an intelligent argument with them because they don't know how to have an intelligent argument because they just lie. They're all liars. You're 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 a thousand percent correct, and and here's the thing, you know that, that that I always tell people too. If you don't want to believe Fox News, go online and log on to Antifa websites or Antifa um, uh, Facebook or Twitter feeds. Because here's the thing: these people are so stupid, they videotape their own crimes because they use them in recruiting videos to try to get I more people that. to join. So you know, you know what, you these know, are their videos. We don't even have to. You know, they don't have to be faked or anything. They don't have to be on Fox News. They're doing it themselves. But, Bob, my na- my neighbor will tell you that, yeah, but that's just a handful of people, and they're just <laughs> taking advantage of the situation. And it's not the big numbers that everybody's making it out to be. And, you know, and and it's the mostly peaceful protesters. And, you know, my argument to, I know people that, like, went down to the protest the first day here yeah. and then got involved in the rock throwing and the window breaking and all that. And I said, hey, the minute it turned and you stayed, you became a rioter. You were no longer a protester. You were a rioter, even if you weren't throwing anything. If you stayed, you're a rioter. Totally correct. Todd, I'm glad you called. I appreciate it. i got to get a time out here, but you're 1,000% right. And yes, bottom line is, to summarize your phone call, people on the left are liars. They literally are liars and are going to try to convince you to not believe your own eyes. Thanks for the call. Back after this. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. The number to join us: triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Just as a follow-up to my last caller's point about the lies, I, I literally got into a Facebook argument with somebody last was it last night or yesterday, sometime yesterday, um, with somebody trying to argue. I mean, I, I, just just the most nonsensible points that you can even imagine about what Donald Trump is doing with the federal agents going to these cities that are burning, uh, that this is an imposition of martial law, this is his test run for martial law, these kinds of things, that cities were peacefully protested until the federal agents came in, and they're the ones who started the fights and the riots, uh, that the burning and the smashing and the looting and all the rest, those were also... Uh, uh, caused by police officers, not by the Antifa and the Black Lives Matter uh, anarchists who are there trying to destroy these cities. And by the way, they're making these arguments, even though we have headlines, you know, that, that quote them saying, for example, Portland protesters say they will continue riots, demonstrations until demands are met. It's been going on for, what, 59 days now. And we're to believe that this isn't this isn't a large group of people. It's only a few people, like the caller said, and they're peaceful protesters for the most part. And it's the police that are doing it. Are, are, these people just have to think that we're all idiots if we're going to listen to that kind of stuff. 
It's just, you know, they're, we're, they're brain dead for thinking we are brain dead. I know it sounds a little goofy, doesn't it? But, it, but it's real. They're, they're attacking and destroying federal buildings. They destroyed a memorial for fallen Los Angeles Police Department officers. They destroyed it. BLM and Antifa members destroyed it. And meanwhile, all of this going on with the silent assent of the Democratic nominee for President Joe Biden. Joe Biden will not condemn it. Joe Biden will not uh, disavow it. Joe Biden will just look the other way and stay in the basement and not have to talk about it. How do we know he's staying in the basement? You remember last Sunday, right? Chris Wallace, Fox News Sunday, kind of a bit of the liberal wing of the Fox News channel. Chris Wallace interviewed Donald Trump last week, and it aired this wide-ranging interview in which he got into some real points of, of dispute with Donald Trump. It was a very interesting interview, and Trump answered every question and you know, faced the grilling of Chris Wallace. Again, they disagreed, had some disputes on some things, but he was willing to do it. Chris Wallace reporting yesterday on Fox News Sunday about when Joe Biden may sit down for a similar grilling, a similar conversation. This is what Wallace reported yesterday. In our interview last week with President Trump, he questioned whether his Democratic opponent, Joe Biden, could handle a similar encounter. Well, this week we asked the Biden campaign for an interview, and they said the former vice president was not available. We'll keep asking every week. (laughs) We'll keep asking every week. Do you think they're ever going to let him out of that basement? You think they're ever going to allow his dementia-ridden brain to go on there and face specific pointed questions and maybe even criticism? Babbling incoherently about all of it? Without a teleprompter, without knowing the questions ahead of time, do you really think Joe Biden is ever going to sit down like that? Not in a million years. He's leading in the polls, so he doesn't have to answer anything from anybody. He's going to sit there, look befuddled, be befuddled, and wait to name the next president of the United States, who will, of course, be his vice president, who will take over the moment his dementia is confirmed and he can no longer serve as president of the United States. All right, it's 10.30, time for news. We're going to talk religious freedom with ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom, coming up on AM 1420, The Answer. There's angels holding on to both sides of the wire. I'm lagging what I need to carry you through it. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. And die it does. A weak and whimpering death. Indeed, each and every day on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. It's 23 minutes before the top of the hour. Kate Anderson serves as a senior counsel with ADF, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom, where she's a key member of the Center for Conscience Initiative. Since joining ADF back in 2015... She has focused on protecting the conscience rights of individuals being unjustly unjustly compelled to forfeit their beliefs under the threat of government retaliation, heavy fines, or other punishment. And that, my friends, is exactly what is going on right now here in Cleveland. A Christian wedding minister by the name of Christy Stokes is being forced to perform same-sex weddings by actually 
writing homilies and vows and prayers for same-sex weddings that's, that completely violate her religious beliefs. If she doesn't do so, your friends at the Cuyahoga County Council are going to punish her. She is subject to a number of different punishments because of this Cuyahoga County law. And the only hope that she has right now is Alliance Defending Freedom. And Kate Anderson joins us now to tell us more on AM 1420, The Answer. Kate, thank you so much for your time this morning. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. So important what you do, uh, your organization as a whole. We always uh, support Alliance Defending Freedom, but particularly your field, uh, you know, specifically protecting the conscience rights of individuals. This is, and it's more than just her conscience, right? This is her, her, her deeply held religious beliefs, talking about Christy Stokes and what she's being forced to do. Absolutely. Christy's Christian faith influences everything that she does in her life. Um, it's why she decided to start her business, Covenant Weddings, where she officiates weddings and writes custom homilies, vows, and prayers to celebrate marriage. Um, as you said, Cuyahoga County has passed a law that would force Christy to violate her core convictions, her belief that marriage is between one man and one woman, by forcing her to celebrate, officiate, write celebratory homilies, prayers, and vows for same-sex wedding even though it's her belief that marriage is between one man and one woman. Um, and you're right, they're um, putting in the balance that if she doesn't do what they want her to do, she faces significant fines, up to $1,000 at first with it continuing to concur and even including attorney's fees. So she's having to choose between her convictions and her business and the fines that uh, threaten to bankrupt her. Kate, um, tell us a little more about the background here of this story with Christy. How did she find herself embroiled in this mess? Well, she started her business to celebrate marriage. She was asked by a family member to celebrate their wedding, and that was the first one she officiated. She found it to be a beautiful way to uh, live out her faith, to support couples, uh, to celebrate marriage that she feels very passionate about. Um, but as she's been building her business, she recognized that this law um, had recently been passed and come into place to try to, and the way it operates will be to force her to celebrate same-sex weddings. Um, this is a problem when the county can pass laws and can institute these kinds of fines to try to force people to violate their convictions. The issue is very clear with Christy, but it's bigger than her. Um, it's not just this issue. It's not just her. If the county has the power to force an individual to violate their core beliefs, that's dangerous. And that's one of the reasons that she wanted to challenge this law. Who came after her, though, Kate? Uh, that's kind of the background I'm really am interested in, too, because we, we saw what happened, of course, over and over again. We see these examples of Masterpiece Cake Shop and, and uh, 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 Arzell's Flowers and other, I think it's Arzell's Flowers. Um, or, mm-hmm. or, 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 I think, is it Arzell's Flowers? Arlene. I don't remember. Arlene. Arlene's Flowers. Arlene's Arlene Flowers. Thank Flowers. You. Thank you. We, we've seen these examples time and again where it's, hey, provide services to our wedding. Provide, you know, the cake to our wedding. Provide the floral arrangement. Provide the music. Provide this, that, or the other thing, even if it isn't something that you believe in. We, we are forcing you to do this. Who came after her saying, perform the ceremony, perform the vows, perform the homilies, uh, you know, that, that violate, directly violate your own personal, deeply held religious beliefs? Well, it's the way this law is written allows this, and Chrissy, recognizing this, has challenged the law before she's actually been asked 
to officiate a wedding that violates her core conviction. Oh, okay. And so there isn't a, there isn't there isn't somebody who came to her yet and is suing her for declining their 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 service yet. Correct. She's been building her business and taking weddings. Um, she has received a request, um, but that wasn't what triggered this complaint um, or this uh, case. What Got triggered it. this case is that she looked at the law, saw that it would force her to violate her conviction. And she concluded that she couldn't just stand by and wait until she was facing these fines and this, um, these penalties that could bankrupt her. This is a hallmark of civil rights litigation, that individuals can challenge an unjust law even before it's been applied against them, um, even before they're facing an exact punishment, because uh, it's not fair to make you just wait, right. um, knowing that any day you could get uh, a request, a complaint against you that would threaten um, your business. Well, Christie's an even bigger hero now, as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, what you just said was, you know, she, she wanted to challenge this now before she gets, you know, uh, challenged by this, by somebody asking her to perform one of these services, but not just her, other people. She is trying to strike down this law and expose it before anybody gets hit. Before, Because this is the thing, a lot of people don't realize, even though there was a victory in the Supreme Court, for example, uh, by Jack Phillips and Masterpiece Cakes, he had to spend his entire life savings, for crying out loud, on legal fees, even with the law. Alliance Defending Freedom, donating all of their services, and so many people we asked to donate to ADF, it still cost him a ton of money and so much business. He lost his, his savings. People shouldn't have to go through all of this just to protect their own religious beliefs and the First Amendment right to practice their religion as they see fit. They shouldn't have to wait and be attacked. So she's actually out there kind of, you know, being the... Um, uh, standard bearer, if you will, saying this law must be stricken before anybody else gets, you know, their life turned upside down by it. Yes, absolutely. And you're exactly right. Jack Phillips lost a significant portion of his business as well as employees that he could not keep on after mm-hmm. years and years of litigation. Baron L. Stutzman, you mentioned, who owns Arlene Flowers in Washington State, um, is facing uh, fines, penalties, attorney fees, that um, attorney's fees that the other side is asking for, um, that would essentially take away her life savings. So these are some very severe penalties out there. Um, and so when uh, somebody like Christy Stokes is willing to come forward and challenge the law uh, to protect her business so that she doesn't face those same kinds of penalties, as well as to protect other people who just want to live free to decide for themselves what events they can celebrate and solemnize, um, that's an important thing, and that's what's happening here. Um, we've had other cases like this, um, and the courts recognize that uh, an individual and a business can come forward and do this. We had a great win in Arizona with the Brush and Nib case, um, a calligrapher and an artist who uh, challenged a very similar law in Arizona and won at the Arizona Supreme Court. The Eighth Circuit also recently issued a great win for filmmakers who came forward and challenged an unjust law in Minnesota. Um, so there, we're seeing cases where the courts are recognizing that when these laws come in and governments use them to force business owners to violate their core convictions, to celebrate things that violate their faith, that they cannot do that. We are talking with Kate Anderson uh, with uh, Alliance Defending Freedom. She's senior counsel there, and she works on <clears throat> cases of conscience rights, protecting conscience rights of indiv- individuals. And Christy Stokes is, uh, again, a, a wedding um, a performer, I guess is the best way to say that. She performs ceremonies, and again, with strictly Christian beliefs and beliefs in one man and one woman defining a marriage. Do you find it odd, or is it intentional, do you think, 
indicate that Christians are always the targets here. Not that I want any Jews or any Muslims or any other faith-based individuals to have to defend their faiths and you know be forced to compromise their beliefs, but it seems like they're always going after Christians. You're right that this is a belief that's held both by Christians and many other people and other religions around the world, um, which is actually the shocking part to me that this is such an issue with so many states when there are so many people in the world who believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. Um, and the Supreme Court has twice come out recently, um, both in a Obergefell that uh, legalized gay marriage and in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case, and said that the belief that marriage is between one man and one woman is held by good and honorable people for good reason, um, and that that belief should be respected. Uh, it does seem that we're in a time period where uh, a lot of the cases do involve Christians right now, um, and it just seems to be the issue that's being litigated. Um, one of the things that stands out to me, too, is that um, this this concern that governments can force people to violate their convictions goes way beyond the issue of marriage. And so even people who disagree with Christy about the nature of marriage should agree with her that the government can't have this kind of power to force people to celebrate right. events or speak messages that violate their beliefs. Right. She doesn't have to be proven right. Uh, it's just that she has the right to believe what her religion tells her and, and, and to Absolutely. practice her religion as, uh, on that belief. And that's the, that's the constitutional issue here. So tell me this, Kate, where are we on this? Has a lawsuit been filed on behalf of Christie and on behalf of Covenant Weddings against Cuyahoga County? And if so, where do we stand on that? Yes, we just filed the case on July 22nd. And so it is very new. Uh, we have asked the court right away to make a ruling to allow Christy to continue to operate her business according to her faith while the case continues on through the courts. But we are at the very beginning of the litigation on this one, so there's much to watch on this. Has there been any response from uh, uh, counsel for the county? Um, No, but only because the case is so early uh, that they are just getting the papers um, and looking at how they'll respond. It'll be very interesting to see what their response is. When I say counsel, I mean legal counsel, not the county council, which is, uh, which is of course, <laughs> yes. who passes these laws. But it'll be very interesting to see how they defend that, because the case is so very clearly articulated here uh, that people do have the right to practice their faith, faith as they see fit, and because there is a Supreme Court precedent of sorts now with Jack Phillips winning there, uh, that one would think they would not want to take this fight on, that they would allow people to, indeed, practice their faith and not be forced to... Um, you know, sacrifice uh, deeply held religious tenets uh, at the point of a legal spear. So hopefully uh, that is something that we see happen. Uh, Kate Anderson uh, and Alliance Defending Freedom, I always ask ADF guests, uh, how can we support you? Because I know that your work, when you guys provide legal services for people like Christy and like Jack Phillips and Arlene, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, you provide those services free of charge, and that can only happen as if um, if people are donating to ADF. So how can we do that? Well, we are blessed by wonderful donors, and we appreciate all of that support. Um, All of our work is done pro bono, um, and so we are supported by the people who support us. Um, So that is always, we are always grateful for that. Um, I also would encourage people just to find out more about our cases. Uh, It's helpful when people are educated about what's going on and able to speak uh, with those in their community about the importance of these issues that people uh, be able to live according to their convictions. You can always find out more about us and about our cases at adflegal.org. 
And I will then uh, answer the, my own question, too, because I'm looking at ADFlegal.org right now. Everything that uh, Kate just said is true, and there is a donate button in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage, ADFlegal.org. Click that donate button and help this important legal ministry help people who are defending themselves um, in these matters of faith. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for the great work that you and the rest of the folks at ADF are doing, and please keep us posted on this case. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Kate Anderson, Senior Legal Counsel with ADF, joining us on AM 1420. The answer, it's a very important case. And I think it comes at a very important time, as I said, with the Supreme Court just ruling against the chapel in Nevada about uh, their right to practice religion with more people in the... uh, in the churches or synagogues or mosques or whatever than the dictatorial government will allow. So legal, or excuse me, um, uh, religious liberty is indeed a very, very big issue right now. Our 10.50 final timeout coming right back on AM 1420, The Answer. final segment of the broadcast. Appreciate you being with us. Well, i got to tell you, it's uh, it's tough. It it really is. You know, you listen to stories like that, and you know what they're doing. When I Look, this is a little over the top, I guess, but when I tell you that we are literally at a societal tipping point this November 3rd, I am not exaggerating. You look at things like what's going on with the BLM and Antifa riots nonstop around this country for 60 straight days. You look at what's going on with the attempt to force all of us into compliance in COVID-19. You look at the defunding of police and an end to law and order. You look at their attempts to defund the Pentagon, weaken us militarily. Look at their attempts to erase the borders and allow anybody to come and go as they please. And now you add to this, they're going to erase your ability to practice your faith as you see fit. Your First Amendment rights to the free practice of and exercise of your religion are going to be gone, as evidence of, or examples like this provide evidence of, as well as what I said before about churches being told you can't have people in your congregation beyond 50, or else you're putting people in danger. Meanwhile, if you want to protest and go outside, though, and chant BLM, say his name, say his name, well, then you're not putting anybody in danger then. It's a tipping point, man. I'm not joking. Mark in Fairview Park, AM fourteen twenty. The answer, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, Bob. Uh, you know these people. I don't know if they have a lack of uh, history out there, or screwballs, or their thinking is so convoluted that I don't know what to think. It's beyond my thought process. But what we're seeing here is a repeat of the uh, uh, the Civil War with Fort Sumter. Lincoln just waited because he knew the South was going to take that federal property. They bombarded it, and uh, Fort Sumter surrendered. Lincoln declared war, called up seventy five thousand troops. And what I want to say, if they, if these people out there think they're going to take over federal property, these freaks, renegades, and mayor governments, governors, uh, if they want to ramp this up and proceed in that direction, they got a big surprise coming. Thanks for your, thanks for your time, Bob. My pleasure. Thank you for a great phone call. You make some very, very good points. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nearing my wit's end. Uh, I won't say that I'm all the way there, but I'm nearing it. I, I was just uh, before the call and during the break. I was just. Um, touching up my uh my facebook post about the uh the death 
of a black of a uh, a black man in Milwaukee who is not an Obama supporter, not a BLM supporter, but instead Bernal Trammell is a Trump supporter, killed in broad daylight. I look at that story and I realize what I said before is true that nobody cares. This is not about black lives. This is about an agenda. There is an agenda here that is being pushed in so many different ways upon us that we are going to have to uh, we're going to have to do something really really special in order to be able to head it off. Just I I want to close with this story again because of the importance of it. If he was a Democrat supporter opposing the Trump campaign, his life would matter. They would be marching in Milwaukee and chanting, say his name, say his name. CNN would be doing round-the-clock coverage. The Today Show would relocate to Milwaukee. The New York Times would have 300 field reporters on the scene. And Black Lives Matter would be burning things in his name. But instead, he's a Trump supporter and not a peep from any of them. His black life just does not matter. Two Black Lives Matter, because Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with black lives. Uh, Let me also hit this one in closing, too. Uh, This is a breaking story. I I talked earlier on about how the Indians are back, but I wouldn't know it because I'm not watching them. Uh, And it's not specifically directed to the Indians. It's directed to Major League Baseball. All right? Um, Baseball is back, but baseball may not be back for long. Literally, just as we were on the air the last segment, I got an alert coming across my uh, phone uh, phone screen telling me that the Marlins, the the uh, Miami Marlins game, has been canceled. Their home opener for tonight has been canceled because a number of players and trainers and other team um, members or you know uh, associates of the team have indeed tested positive for the coronavirus. So it looks like it's going to be back. In baseball, again, the virus is, and I wonder if this isn't going to shut the entire league down. The 60 games that they're playing, uh, that are scheduled to be played, I should say, now that they've restarted, the 60 games uh, only allow six days off between now and the playoffs, when the playoffs are supposed to start. Six off days. So if there are cancellations or postponements because of weather, or in this case, coronavirus, you wonder if they're going to be able to get them played at all. Because there's only six days off. How are they going to find the schedule, you know, make the schedule right for these teams to play one another? But uh, according to um, the AP, anyway, the Marlins postponed their flight from Sunday night, last night, after their series finale against the Phillies back home again because of coronavirus. At least two, and then it looks like eight others have been tested positive uh, for coronavirus. So we're going to see where that takes us in terms of the return of baseball. All right, that's it. That's all the time that I've got. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks to everybody. Josh running it. Marcy taking your phone calls. Thanks to my guests. Kirsten now joins me tomorrow right here on AM 1420, The Answer.